a son and daughter, the King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unveiling love, that you would take my you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. you've done for me. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Bueller MB. Why don't you uh, find somebody you haven't said good morning to and greet them as we take just a minute to see one another this morning. Oh, really? I, I'm going to go see Roy in about a week, and I thought, I don't want to hear it before I go, so I'm going to try to watch it. There's some open there pretty well. I'm going to try going next week. You can have a seat. I've got stories to tell you in a minute. All right, here I come. I was going to say yeah, good morning. Yeah, I know, right? Hi, Dustin. <laughs> Howdy. So, I know, you're right. Dustin's perfectly capable. So there's a couple of things that are funny about today, and they're hilarious, I'm sure. So we were having some tech issues, and that's always fun, so that was part of the equation. Uh, we've got... So somebody had suggested just lay it out there. You don't have to say C word. So we've got a little bit of a COVID thing going on in our area. So what's happened today is uh, there will be no children's church or stars today. That's why we're a little bit skinny because some of the parents are like, well, that's going to make it a little harder in church. So they might have decided to keep some of their family at home or whatever that looks like. Hey, it's all good. But that's what's going on. So uh, uh, we're here to worship, and we're so glad you're here to join us, and nothing shall keep us from doing that. Amen? Amen. Yep. All right. Anyway, so Dustin, Kurt, pastor's here. Glad to be here. Uh, what do I want to do first? <laughs> uh, I'm, I should work with what's going on there. So um, <laughs> sorry. Let's put the mission and vision up. Can we do that? <laughs> there we go. Hey, it doesn't matter what's going on with stuff around us and the technology in our world and all that. This is who we are. And uh, I'm wondering, because now I haven't given you an opportunity in a bit, if there's anybody as we start our service off today that would like to share any sort of story about how you have seen God work, how you've seen the mission and vision played out, how you're doing it yourself, or anything like that. And does anybody want to share anything today? And remember, we're going to get more and more used to doing this as we move into 2022. Good morning. <laughs> well, I know. I'll talk about her in a minute. 
<laughs> hi. 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 <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Well, I know. Uh, and so... I, I had one. Okay. I, I can think of one. I can think Attaboy. of one. Uh, so one of the cool things that our church does is they get to partner with the care portal. And so if you haven't heard a little bit about the care portal, they kind of connect community families to the church and everything. And uh, one of the cool things uh, some of the youth got to do was to build a bed. And then we had some paint it, and then we actually got to go deliver it last uh, Friday. So just a few days ago. And it was just kind of cool when we think about our mission of, you know, loving others and just donating beds to uh, families that don't have them and so it was just kind of cool to have a couple of the youth kind of help with that and go do all that so I just thought it was kind of cool to see how that can all work and connect with the care portal and community families absolutely and I wish I, I should have taken some pictures or should have had you take some pictures of yourself making those beds it is a pretty <laughs> cool project so excellent yeah. very well done okay uh, so we want to keep doing that I realize uh, I've thrown you all off by being thrown off a little bit myself but we were gonna keep asking the question how are we living out the mission and vision? And how are we, what's God doing in our lives? The more we go, and we'll even start to expand this a little bit more. So just anticipate that in the weeks ahead. So, but we're glad you're here, like I say, to worship with us. Um, I can't decide if I have any snarky comments about the game tonight. <laughs> nope, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. So we won't, but it's a, it's a football player's dream weekend, uh, football players, football watchers dream weekend, so much going on this weekend. All right, uh, here we go. There's real stuff going on at our church, Dustin's going to share Yeah, so on Wednesday we'll have a lot of our normal activities, so we'll have jam and our meals and youth groups and prayer gatherings, and so those will all uh, take place on Wednesday. Yep. Um, also coming up, uh, we're going to, there is a junior high youth conference. I know we're getting a little bit of a group. Uh, hopefully to go to that. I know we're a little bit past the deadline, but if there is some junior hires that are still interested, it'll be at Ridge Point or formerly First MB in Wichita. So we look forward to that and doing some of that. Absolutely. And um, the, commission, the, the communication team is working on the directory update. So we agreed that our policy would be every couple of years, we would actually hard print uh, a copy. It's time again. And so if you're, if you don't, I got to tell you, um, I'm feeling pretty, uh, pretty, good about myself for looking at directory apps a couple years ago. I don't know if it was really my idea, but I'm going to say it was. I don't know whose idea it was. But if you don't have the directory app on your phone, you should get it. And if you, we're still going to print some, but you can make some changes on the app yourself if you want to update your picture. But we're going to put the old directory out for a couple of weeks and you can change anything that needs to be changed before we print it again. Does that make sense? So one way or another, if you want to make updates to the directory, am I getting that pretty much right? Okay, so um, do that either on the app or in the hard directory. Um, yeah, we'll do that one. We yeah. should do that one. And just a reminder, uh, outside, you know, over there by the coffee and information desk, there's a little pack and play for the Wickards. Uh, if you want to do donate or give a gift uh, to the, uh, the baby, Sophia, right? Did I say that right? Sophia? Okay, I wanted to make sure. And uh, yeah, you can donate to them and just bless them in that way. So Absolutely. We, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a very good thing. Uh, let me tell you what I know and what I don't know, <laughs> which is a lot. Um, Van had a little episode, Van Heitkotter had a little episode this week, but she's back home. Seems to be better. Uh, her oxygen levels went up. They're not sure what's going on, but she's back home, so she continues her cancer treatments, chemo and stuff. Um, Jeanette Krenzen, you guys, she's been in the hospital a very long time. Uh, but she's in a rehab place now, and I, forget, I was not in touch with her this week, but I talked to somebody who was, and she seems to be getting better. Her wound seems to be getting better, and so we're trusting that maybe in some days ahead she will be able to go home. We'll keep praying for her. And um, Phyllis Schrader, you know that she fell and broke her arm. She's waiting on a consult, I think, on Monday. Uh, I don't get it, but that's what we're waiting for, and she'll go see a trauma doctor, and then they'll decide when and what to do for the, her uh, in the future. In the meantime, uh, Harold and Phyllis's daughter, Jen, is in, in church today, so welcome home again, Jennifer, and um, you can talk to her and see what she's up to, and um, glad you can take care of mom, I guess. Bonus! So, yeah, all right. Otherwise, we just want to continue to be a praying church, and we are here to worship together. And, uh, you know, the reminder when we have a little bit off-kilter mornings like today, the reminder is it don't matter to God. 
I know it looks like, you know, Kurt gets excited, but you're used to that. Kurt gets uptight and excited about a lot of things, so everybody's like, it's not nearly as bad as it probably looks, so uh, I, it's fine, and I'm actually fine. We're going to worship today. We're going to hear God's word. We're going to be in community today, right? Amen? Okay, so uh, I'm going to invite you to stand. Dustin's going to pray for us as we continue on and we get to that part where we can worship together, so let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, it is a good morning and a good morning to come and worship. And so we're thankful that we're able to gather and to, to focus on you. We just pray that you can help us just put aside uh, any distractions or any things that might be on our mind and heart and just try to focus on, on you and worshiping you and what you have for us this morning. So we're so thankful uh, that we can be here and do that. Uh, we lift up our uh, congregation and even those that, that can't be here. Uh, we just pray that you would give them strength and, and encourage them. Uh, we thank you for this morning, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another 
and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who. 
mindful of what it meant. We just heard the story of the gospel again as we worship, and we will praise the Father, praise the Son, we will praise the Spirit, we will praise you in your mightiness, in your majesty, for what you've done for us in Christ, by his blood and in his name, in his freedom, I am free. God, remind us of that. Remind us what it means that Jesus is our perfect sacrifice and the one who conquered sin and death. 
God, there's stuff going on. There's stuff going on all around us. And we want to pause just a moment this morning and ask you to move and work mightily among us. God, we know that there are uh, health things going on all around us in our area, in our church. God, I pray that as we began this journey of pandemic all those months ago, we said that we would pray for you to heal our land. And God, our prayer has not changed. We are asking you to heal our land. And so God, as we continue to navigate and manage what it means to live in a new normal and all these words that we keep using, God, we pray again that you would move and work mightily and that you would grant healing and restoration and health to us as individuals, to us as families, to communities, to cities, to counties, to states, to nations, God, that you would grant healing and restoration. And God, we pray that that healing and restoration would not stop with the physical. God, we pray for healing and restoration for our community in every way, for uh, discouragement, for anger, for lack of unity, for uh, all sorts of things that keep us from being in good fellowship with you. God, I pray that you would heal us and restore us. And God, I know that uh, we have specific people and we want to keep those before you as well. God, we know that we want to be the church that you want us to be as we move into the new year and beyond. So God, I pray that Bueller MB would be very mindful of what it means for us to be your church and your people. So God, I pray now that as we look into your word, you would bless our time together, that you would speak through your word, speak through me today. May my words be your words and that may we go leaving this place, realizing that we have met with the almighty God of the universe today. We commit the rest of our time to you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen and amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship today, as always. Uh, okay, so just for clarity, because I might have skated over it a little bit too quick with stuff going on today, and we're going to see how this goes. Oh, I get to do this. Here we go. Hey, look at that. Mark, thank you. <laughs> Mark's a rock star. He was putzing at the last couple minutes to get everything figured out for us today. So, uh, so if I wasn't clear, uh, we've got enough illness going on around us that we couldn't do children's stuff today. So your kids should be with you still. Don't let them run away. And everybody, all the adults in church, uh, help manage that. If there are kids running around, you might help corral or something. I don't know. But we won't be doing um, stars either. Uh, just between. But regular children's groups, Sunday school should be thing. Should be fine. So at 11, that's fine, okay? Are we communicating? Okay, thank you. Uh, otherwise, let's see if I had any other comments. Oh, so uh, I thought I was totally crystal clear, but it might not have been crystal clear about things. It, it, uh, let, me, let me say this. I, I, was, I thought last week, last Sunday, was really great time to be together. We had sort of a different feel of a service. We went long. Uh, but uh, it felt good to share together and you heard some of Dustin and my where we saw God work and what we're looking forward to in the next year and I had mentioned the thing I'm excited about is uh, a series on Acts and uh, some of you are thinking we're gonna start that today but not yet so I think I have a couple of things to work out scheduling wise but I think we'll start Acts next week and then our, our operating uh, standard operating procedure will be um, Acts until something interrupts it, and then we'll do that, and then we'll go back to Acts, because there's a lot in Acts, and I'm going to, like I said last week, I'm kind of breaking my own little policy. I'm going to have a super long series, and we'll come and go in it, but I think it's going to be great. I'm really excited about Acts. What you can do in the meantime, if you're interested, you can start reading the book of Acts, and um, I'm hesitant to say this because I'm using them as a resource so much, but remember I'm really, I'm kind of a fanboy of these guys called the, the Bible Project, Tim Mackey and John. Tim Mackey and John, you forget John because he's the illustrator, Tim Mackey's the Bible scholarly guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to look at the Bible Project stuff on Acts, I'm using a lot of their stuff plus some commentaries and other stuff I'm diving into, but uh, it'll get you familiar with, remember, 
we want to look at the book of Acts because we want to live out that same mission and vision to love God, love others, but importantly as ever, as they were doing, we want to make disciples. And that's what they did in the first church in Acts. So we're going to see all kinds of fun stories about that and see how God works for us today. So Acts will start, I'm going to say next week, watch, you, watch uh, Facebook to see if I change my mind between now and Sunday. But we'll start, we'll jump in with Acts. I'm pretty excited about it. In the meantime, uh, I'll remind you that I had said several months ago that in the, in the in-between, when I felt like I needed a standalone with some heart and some meat that I would look into the Psalms. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to have a look at Psalm 24. Uh, I think this is my sixth or seventh Psalm, maybe, maybe fifth or sixth, somewhere around sixth that I've done. We're not going to go straight through. The last one we did was 23 and this one's 24. Don't get nervous. We're not going to do all the Psalms, but I couldn't resist this one. I couldn't resist this one because I liked so much of what it said. Uh, and even just, uh, again, the picture those that song especially at the end painted about the gospel and what it meant for Jesus to come it seems very appropriate today to talk about it so let's talk about Psalm 24 today if you want to open your Bible uh, if you want to open your app or whatever that looks like we're gonna just be looking at Psalm 24 today but it will be up on the screen as well so first of all something to point out is uh, Psalm 24 is a liturgical psalm Oh, I wonder how I get that to appear, Mark. Let's see. The, the screen again? <laughs> I'm tapping. Um, no, I don't want that one yet. I want this to say more. Oh, I'm good at this. Thank you very much. Anyway, can one of you steal it from me and you can put those two things up? So I've got some things fading in and out and sometimes uh, because of what we're doing. There we go. It's a liturgical psalm. Uh, a liturgical in this case just means it's directions for worship. When you think about liturgy and liturgical, it means uh, higher worship, ordered, structured. These are sort of the, it's that kind of psalm. And it talks about how perhaps we might worship together. And in the original audience, obviously, uh, David wrote this psalm for the people of Israel. And uh, so it was a good indication of, hey, this is a good way that we should worship. Can I get the next one? And it's also probably on the occasion of the ark returning to Jerusalem. You remember not long ago, I, I said, it's funny, you can get a bunch of scholars to say, yes, this, 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 this. And then somebody has to come along and say, no, not this, that. And so there's some of this, it's not so liturgical or it's not so um, uh, perhaps uh, allusionary to the, the Jerusalem and but it, I'm going to say that it is it totally is there's so many references to the temple or allusions if not straight up references to Jerusalem and the temple now remember what we need to remind ourselves of as so many years later and not particularly Jewish people Jerusalem and the temple was where uh, heaven and earth intersected sort of thing where where God uh, made you know took up residence like literally in some ways. And there's so many allusions to that, that um, this is where God is. This is a place to worship. And so then on these occasions, uh, I'm suggesting I agree that they might have used this psalm when they brought the ark back into the, uh, the city of Jerusalem, back into the temple. And the time you may remember uh, between when they were without kings uh, they did have a reason to, the, the temple was sort of, the temple, the Ark of the Covenant was, was lost and they had to bring it back and so this might have been uh, instigated by David to say, look, anytime the Ark goes out with us in battle and whatnot, we should really celebrate and worship when it comes back. And so, uh, now, this is, this is sort of lost on us, but you need to understand the context, and we're going to get to what it means for us today in 2022 in Bueller, Kansas. I hope we're going to get to that today, right? But, but it's important for us to remember that, that this was a, a, a psalm that really emphasized the temple, Jerusalem, as God's dwelling place, as the place where we can encounter or experience or worship God. 
Now, sometimes psalms are difficult to really unify together, and, and scholars who spend a lot of time studying scriptures in depth will wonder how all of these, uh, sometimes how the psalms flow together. You know, my, my theory about this, if you've ever done some Bible study on your own, we have a very different thought process than those ancient writers. And we're more linear and more structured sometimes. And sometimes, I don't think that was as much a thing with ancient writers. So I don't know that we need to be uptight about it. it doesn't, maybe, you know, it's all one psalm, but how does it flow together? And so they can argue about some of that. Well, but I think this one actually does flow not, not too badly. To, I think it is uh, an, an exercise or an, uh, uh, a shot at trying to tell God's people, how they can encounter the King of Glory. Now, I'm, that's letting the cat out of the bag a little bit by already using that term because we're going to see that term at the end. But this is a, a way for God's people to encounter, to worship, to experience God, Yahweh. And, and the three, there are three sections in this psalm, and I think they actually, when you think about it this way, they kind of go together quite well. Um, this is a quote from one of the, uh, a guy named Rolf Jacobson, and he says, Psalm 24 is about the advent of human beings into the presence of God and the mutual event of the King of glory into the presence of those who seek the face of God. So he's suggesting, and I love it, uh, this psalm is about human beings coming into the presence of God and then the mutual coming of the king of glory into the presence to meet with us. And that's what I'd like to suggest happens in this psalm. So three parts to it. You, uh, your, your Bible may look like four, but there's basically three parts to it. And so let's have a look then at the psalm itself. Psalm 24, and here's the first part, uh, begins. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Now, if you have your app open or your Bible open, that's one section. Then the next section. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Okay, that's section number two. And then finally, another section to finish up the psalm from seven to the end. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the king of glory. Now, I should say, there's some good indications in this liturgical psalm, a psalm telling us how to worship well, especially as we've suggested, at the coming back of the ark or the re reminder of the presence of God coming into Jerusalem, coming into the temple. Um, we can't capture this as much, and you're going, well, that seems redundant, because look, here he said this twice, lift up your heads, you get, well, well, this is so, it's beautiful, poetic, literary form and, and content to say, you know, we should imagine perhaps, now, I was tempted to do this, but then didn't think I could pull it off, but we could assign us as, you could be one choir, and you could be another choir, and you could say, lift up your gates, and we could say, lift them up, you know, who is this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. And we could all say, he is the... Get what I'm saying? So this was grand, grand spectacle. Worship at its highest form. And this is what's going on. And that's why it's not redundant. It's, lyric, it's, uh, it's literary, it's poetic. And it's a way to remind us of what we're talking about here. So I'm suggesting today this is a nice exercise or instructions maybe even on how to experience or encounter God himself. And here's how I'd like to suggest that happens. First of all, uh, when we want to encounter the king, we first have to establish who is the king. 
makes sense, doesn't it? So even if, uh, let's think about it in a non-Jewish way. Again, Jewish people, uh, Israel, they were very much built around being God's people, so they would have a God and an, an inherent sort of, or, or, or learned, I mean, but uh, one way or another, they had a real God thought, a, a real God-seeking sort of mindedness, even if it was surfacey or whatever they, you know. But for us today that aren't Jewish, if we've ever had this inkling that there might be more, that there might be someone or something, a being, perhaps, that is worth being in, you know, encountering, having a relationship with, wanting to be with them, be a part of them, uh, we might say, okay, well, who might that be? And so this psalm is establishing who is that divine, powerful, real, only God king. And it starts out by saying, well, here's the deal. The Lord created everything. Oh, this will actually be slick because I can go back now a lot easier. So here's where we started. The earth is the Lord's. Remember, we're not forgetting about our Psalms reminder when all those are capital letters. It means Yahweh. So this is the God of the universe that the Israelites would know. And they say, the earth is Yahweh's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let's, here's just the reminder. Uh, the layers of this, there's nothing left for chance or there's nothing left for debate. So the, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, uh, everybody who lives in it, there's nothing that's not his. And, and then the explanation, well, why? Because he made it. Uh, when you're a, theology, a, a theologian and you're trying to explain to a physicist or whatever uh, what creation looks like, we talk about the God of the universe was able to speak energy and matter into existence just with a, a word. And that's what we're talking about. That the God of the universe, Yahweh, was able to create everything just by speaking it into existence. He founded it on the seas. He established it on the waters. Everything is his. There's nothing that is not his. The, the, the encouraging part about this is, in some scheme of things or in some people group's theology or doctrine or something, they might say, well, maybe this almighty being, uh, you know, he, he conquered this plane, uh, this, uh, you know, earthly plane or this realm or whatever, or maybe he's just inherited it somehow or it became, no, this is God's because he made it. It's his. Now, there is a, 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 an aside that we don't want to forget that I'm not going to push this button very hard today. And I ask this for your groups times if you want to go here. I think it's a great question to talk about. And what does that mean for you that everything is God's? Moya starts to talk about our wants and desires. It starts to talk about stewardship. It starts to talk about how we treat others in light of all that. If everything is God's, what does that mean for you? So I'd love for you to have that conversation. It shouldn't be lost today, but I'm not going to park there very long. Just a reminder again, we're establishing who is this king of eternity, of, of glory, of, of every, you know, Yahweh. So uh, he created, everything is his, and it's the reminder that he is worthy of wanting to have relationship with. He's worthy of wanting to experience. He is worthy of encountering. And so in two verses, the psalm starts off by saying, let's get this clear, let's get this straight. The being that you should be wanting to have this relationship with and encounter is Yahweh himself, because the earth is his. Now, we, they say earth. I have a feeling it was a harder concept for ancient people to understand more of the universe, but I would argue, hopefully well today, that it's not just the earth is the Lord's, the universe is the Lord's and everything in it, all right? So there's the establishing, hey, let's get it straight. Who are we talking about here? Who's the one that we should be encountering? And then it goes on to the next section to say, okay, uh, I get it. The earth is Yahweh's, and I, I want to do what he wants. I want to be with him. I want to experience him. I want to worship him. I want to encounter him. Uh, what, what does that mean for me? And so then the psalmist has to say, well, there are some requirements. Let's go back and have a look. These are verses 3 through 6. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? So the question is, okay, we've established who God is. Who can come up and meet with him? 
Who can even stand in his holy place? And the psalmist David responds, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart doesn't trust in an idol or swear by a false god. So here's the thing we have to remember about those things. The Lord has requirements. We know from other times we've talked, and if you follow Jesus for long at all, if you've been a church attender for long at all, you know that there are, God is a perfect holy God, and we know that's what screwed everything up in the garden. That the perfect holy God could have nothing to do with fallen, sinful, ugly, terribleness. And so there are some requirements if you want to encounter God. And it says, you know, uh, clean hands, don't overthink that. It's just the idea that what you do, what you do is important. Pure deeds, that's who God's looking for. And also then, uh, a pure heart is motives and attitudes. As I understand it, that the original audience would have understood that when you talk about heart and we we do too hearts a little more emotional for us these days when you talk about heart there's a lot of uh you know gushing and oozing or something more in our thinking but in their thinking it was attitudes and motivations that's what heart was and so the psalmist says whoever wants to encounter this king of glory this divine eternal powerful god needs to have pure actions and pure motives and, and then interesting, I can go back, because this is cool. Uh, just remind ourselves, there are some things for us to receive. You know, they will receive blessings from the Lord. There are benefits to encountering God. They will receive blessings from the Lord. And vindication, uh, you know, vindication, wow, that's huge, because we talk about that a lot. Vindication means you're not blamed anymore, right? Yeah, so it's a big deal. Okay, so uh, establishing who, who is this being, this incredibly powerful, important king that we want to encounter, we've already established that, what do, what, what do I have to do to get, well, I've got to have pure deeds and, and, and pure motives. Okay, what does it look like then for, for him to meet with me? So what does his entrance into this meeting space look like? And, and this is when that glorious with the choirs and, and the grand, maybe, you know, trumpets blowing or something or just blows it up. And let's just remind ourselves again. So in this poetic language, what does the psalmist say? Lift up your heads, you gates, be lifted up that the king of glory may come in. And repeating that whole sentiment one more time, lift up your heads. Who is he that, you know, you can see it there. So let's remind ourselves that it's important for us to recognize the glory, the splendor, the greatness of Yahweh. That's, that has to be the thrust of this psalm. The king of glory is none other than the God of the universe, Yahweh himself, and he is full of greatness. Even, you know, again, to dummy it down for all of us and them, remember, he's got victory in battle. He is strong and mighty. If, you don't, if, if nothing else, surely you can see that. And, and, and the idea that um, the whole idea of lift up your heads, you gates, that might be lost on us, us a little bit. And I know, uh, like, if, I, if you're like me, your first thing is to think of a portcullis. Is that how you say that word? A castle has gates like that. They like, you know, crank it up, that kind of gate. And that may have been a thing, but again, because... We don't know, that's a thousands of years ago. Uh, we, you know, the Jerusalem and the temple gates probably did this more than this. <laughs> so it might be lift up your heads is just a, a, a creative way to say, hey, raise the gates. But, but more importantly, the symbolic parts of this is look, you've got to open these gates wide because this is the king of glory coming in. This is not just, you know, psst, who is it? Yep, no, okay, we'll slip in real quick. No, you bust these gates wide and you say, God is coming to meet with us. And, and this whole idea of glory, we, we cannot forget. Uh, have you heard the term Shekinah glory? Now, as I understand it, Shekinah is actually a, an extra biblical word that isn't actually in the Bible, but it was suggested by Jewish scholars to say Shekinah is when, do you remember when the Israelites came out of Egypt, pillar by day, uh, pillar of uh, cloud by day, fire by night? That begins to reflect his Shekinah, his presence, his glory. And then when Moses 
um, he'd hung out with God too much and they're like, dude, put a veil on. We can't take it because you're radiating God. And then even when Moses had the nerve to say, God, I want to see your glory. And you know, God's really patient with him because he's like, dude, you can't see my glory. It would obliterate you. But he says, I'm going to put you in a rock. I'm going to hide. You remember? He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. I know hymns. You know, it's that story. And God says, I'm going to put you in this rock. I'm going to pass by, but I'm going to cover you. And then only you'll see my back. You can't see my face, Moses, even though Moses, remember what the Bible says about Moses? He, he, God talked to him like talking to a friend. And there was nobody like Moses' people. It's amazing. He says, dude, even you, I can't, you can't see my face because my glory is so glorious. And I don't even know what that means. But again, these words like splendor, greatness, majesty, they all start to, and that's reflected in those Old Testament passages that now the psalmist is saying, I know this about my God. And so I will invite him in with the deserved honor and respect. So wouldn't it be something if we would say, hey, Bueller MB, open wide the gates that we can worship together today. That's what we're talking about. Because we believe that God will give us his presence when we invite him in with the proper honor and respect. Uh, I love, I love, I love, I love everything going on with this psalm. I think it's marvelous. And if we lived in those times, it would be really cool to see it much more literally. Uh, actually, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, one thing we've been doing is we think about... Okay, so... <laughs> sorry. So three sections, establishing who the king of glory is, what's our place in it to meet with him, and what's his place to enter to meet with us. That's the way I think it binds together really well. And I have been trying to be very mindful of talking about pointing to the Messiah. Uh, can one of you guys, just, you can put them all up. Thanks. Oh, one too many. Very good. Uh, See if we can get them. So when we point to the Messiah, here's the first thing I want to say that we better all recognize, and I, I skirted over it quickly, and hopefully you, you all caught it, but if you didn't, I'm going to point it out. When we said, who, may, you know, who can be in God's presence to worship him? Who can ascend the hill? What's the answer to that? No one. For all have sinned and fall short. No one can enter the hill. And this is why this psalm speaks to us so stronger today because, you know, God made some concessions. You know, the whole sacrificial system and his mercy and grace poured out differently pre-Jesus, right? But if we're really honest, we know that if we want to meet with him, the fact is we can't. But you know who can? The only one who is worthy to ascend the hill to encounter God and worship and be with him is Jesus. So I'm going to hold his hand, thank you very much. Right? That's what we have to remember. This points to Jesus so marvelously to say, uh, when we really get this, as much as, look, of course God wants clean hands and pure heart. That, that, we should always be striving for that. Realizing we can't do it without the grace and mercy of Jesus covering us with his broken body and shed blood. So who can ascend? Nobody but Jesus. And I'm going to see if he'll let me in with him. And, and the reminder then even that in the New Testament, uh, in James chapter 2, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. So already a hint at that glory. But then 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So we see that Psalm 24 starts to be a little bit, not a straight-up prophecy by any means, but it starts to be a, a type, a foreshadow of the coming Messiah and that it's marvelous to think about if we're talking about Yahweh, the God of the universe being the king of glory, the reaffirmation that Jesus is also that king of glory, that Lord of glory. And then, you know, if you think about the triumphal entry, uh, say in Matthew 21, um, 
they were mostly looking for that political, physical king, and that's what that mostly references to, but just the idea. So, so uh, the cosmic, spiritual part of the king of glory maybe wasn't totally seen in the triumphal entry, but it was sure hinted at. When the King Jesus rode into Jerusalem, we could sure see a lot of the King of Glory in that scene. It's pretty fun. We don't have, we don't have the crowd yelling out, you know, who raise, lift up your heads, O you gates. Who is the King of Glory? Because that would have been a little more than they could take prior to the resurrection. But we already see a little bit of that foreshadowing also in that. So uh, this, I think this, this psalm marvelously points to Jesus. And I think it's, it's, it's so fun. Now, after all this, the question becomes, what does this have to do with us? So originally, it would be easy for an Israelite, if we were the average Israelite, to hear, well, we were at war, the ark's coming back, I'm going to go join the worship, I'm going to be in choir one, or I'm going to watch, you know, whatever. And it would, have been, it would have been marvelous. And we don't worship quite that way anymore, but I think there's so much that we can really we can really put into practice from this psalm. So uh, even if it's just a reminder because you've been a Jesus follower for a lot of years, you're trying to develop your own discipleship, you're trying to know what it means to worship well, it's important for us to first of all remind ourselves who the Lord is. That he is worthy because it's all his anyway. He created it. He founded the world. He cre- you know, it's not like, well, he created the world, but then I kind of came into being on my own. No, I didn't. He created me. Well, he didn't create this computer I'm playing. Well, he sort of did. Everything is his. And do you, do you, so if I could look you all in the eye, do you remember that every day of your life? Who God is. He is the author and sustainer, the source the very reason for our being, that is who God is. And so I would say, man, don't you want to experience him, encounter him, have a relationship with him? That's what we're talking about here. So uh, we're establishing who God is, and I hope that that strikes you. Uh, Do you understand? I guess I would say it this way. Are you with me that we can't even approach him? We would be so we'd be less like Moses because we're probably worse. I, I don't know how that works. You know, uh, sin is sin, bad is bad, and all that. Uh, but we cannot approach God because He insists on clean hands, pure heart, and, and and we are sinful, broken, fallen people. So, do you understand that if I want to come and encounter Him, have a relationship with Him, I've got to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, I, I know I'm looking around, going, "Yeah, I, I, I've gotten to know." my congregation, my people, my community over the last three years. And I know, you know, most of that. but are you reminded of that? Don't let that get second, you know, don't get that, don't let that get old hat or, or mundane or tired. Remind yourself, I, I don't deserve to even be in God's presence without Jesus because I can't be. And then, and then am I, am I, in my heart, in my life, in my mind. Again, I wish, you know, <laughs> we could build <laughs> a, a, a play, a, a, a prop, a prop gate or something and lift it up. But do you know what it means to really invite him to join with, you know, to join with you, to meet with you, to be where you're at? See, this was huge in, the, in this era we're talking about, Jerusalem and, and the temple. The idea in their ancient minds was, well, that's where God is. And, and I, I, I don't, I, we could have a, a, a fun conversation and debate about this, but I don't know that they would have grasped what it really meant for God to be everywhere all the time. Maybe they'd, you know, whatever, but maybe they would have. But they really had this Jerusalem temple-centric thing about where God dwells. Do you understand that when Jesus said in John 4 that you can worship anywhere? But are you inviting him in with the proper honor and respect? Because he's the king of glory. And I think this psalm is a great reminder of that. So I feel like it's a great way when you read this psalm to to draw closer to God in worship, in, in, in experience, to say, God, I know who you are. I know who I am, sinful, broken, fallen. Jesus gets me in, and I want to meet with you. 
so I want to fling wide my, the gates of my heart so I can meet with you. <sighs> I love it. <laughs> it works for me. I hope, I hope it sparks a little something for each of you. Uh, I, that's how the Psalms work, and that's why I've been coming back to them. But I think Psalm 24 has a lot to say to us about worship, about experiencing God, and I hope you can take something with you this week. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the way your word speaks to us all these years later. Thank you for the way you speak to us. God, I pray that each one of us would know more than ever, without a doubt, that you are the only one who is worthy of our worship, of our life's commitment, of our devotion, and of our following. God, I pray that you would remind us that you are the established king of glory. Help us to remember what it looks like to come into your presence. Help us to invite you into that place with honor and respect. God, I pray that you would speak to us through this psalm today. God, again, I pray that you'd be with our community, things that we've talked about already. I pray that you'd be with us as we move forward into a new year. As we look to the days ahead, God, may you be honored and glorified in all that we do. God, I'm thankful for a very generous congregation. I thank you for each one who has been a part of giving to support this ministry and the building of your church. God, I pray that you would bless the giver and the gift as we part company today. And God, I know we all come here needy. We're very needy people. So I pray, God, that you would meet us all where we're at. Wherever we need your touch, wherever we need your presence, God, help us to seek that. Help us to know that you're at work. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, you are working, God. Remind us of that. So thank you for our chance to be together today. Bless us as we, again, part company. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So this regular reminders, the buckets are on the way out. If you'd like to drop something in to support our ministry with your tithes and offering, thank you for that. If you have a prayer request, the prayer cards are still in the hymnal racks connection cards, anything you need, please just fill those out, drop it in, no rush, and uh, we'd love to be able to pray with you about whatever's going on. Uh, groups meet at 11 o'clock, if you haven't thought about a group for 2022, might be a good time to try one, uh, and so one more time, STARS is not meeting just today, so young kids, hang out for a little, and then go to your class in a little. Okay, have a great day, peace.